This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Of course, you're listening to us here on Steelers Nation Radio, but you can always listen to us anytime. Uh, You can download our shows where you get all of your podcasts at. It's free. You can subscribe to the podcast today, and it downloads to your phone automatically. Listen, yeah, it's great. Listen to us wherever you want. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Put it in your car and your while you're out running, mowing your lawn. Yeah, it doesn't have to be from 4 to 6 every day, but we love when you listen live as well. We like that as well. Uh, also, uh, you have a chance uh, to take part in a special edition of Steelers Nation Unite Huddle with Alan Fanica on Thursday. That's yeah. at noon. It's live. It's an interactive call in which you can participate in for free. Just visit Steelers.com or the Steelers official mobile app for more information on how to take part in the huddle. That's Thursday at noon. Uh, that's and congrats a big one. to Mr. Fanica. Yeah, congratulations to Alan Fanica. I had a pretty good feeling about that one. You've been kind of calling that since the last get together. Yeah. And, and I knew that Bill Nunn was, you know, he was going to get in because the, the, awesome, the contributors man. usually do. Uh, Fanica was a little more, you know, there was some diciness there, but I had a pretty good feeling about it given, you know, mm-hmm. what I'd heard in last year's uh, Hall of Fame voter meeting. Uh, but uh, really feel good for both of those guys, their families. Um, and uh, very well deserving. Yeah, I think it's on February 11th, which I guess would also be was that Thursday, I think. Okay. Uh, the uh, NFL Network uh, going to run a special on the uh, on the Hall of Fame knock. Um, oh, gonna, really? Okay. They're going to have okay. a, a special showing all the the reactions of those guys when okay. when uh, David Baker came out. A little and, different this year, I imagine. A little bit sure. different. He had to go to their houses and you yeah. know, or they they set the they they set Peyton Manning up. At the at the Bronco Mile High Stadium, oh um, really? They had him thinking that he was going there to tape uh, another uh, one of his uh, many Peyton's place, or whatever. whatever. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. And you know, all of a sudden, there's David Baker there instead. Oh, that's to, awesome. And you know, they just so they did, like that, they did cower. They on did that with Charles and, Woodson you know, as right. well. They had Woodson set up to do it. It looked like he thought he was going to be doing an interview, and next thing you know, here comes David Baker. David Baker comes out. walking out to that's let cool. him know and. I'm going to look forward to that. So yeah. Fanica said uh, he didn't know. his. They, they called ahead to tell his wife because um, they had to let somebody, hey, make sure you're home. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't <laughs> be knocking on the door. Or, so she was able yeah. to, to call some of the family members who were close by that they could get there. And I mean, you could make up something like, hey, we're having pizza tonight. Yeah. And the but they were hiding in the backyard, apparently. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. So when the knock came on the door, uh, Alan went to the door, and he happened to look out and saw the boom mic. Saw a piece of the boom mic outside the door, and he goes, what's this? And opens up the door, and there's David Baker standing there. So You also need to make sure different. he's not, like, in boxers and a torn-up T-shirt. Right, <laughs> like, which is kind of what – that happened right, with right. Calvin Johnson. We thought, oh, talked really? to him yesterday as well, and, you know, he was in, you know, T-shirts and, a, and, and shorts, of course, living in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, but he <laughs> – And they, they weren't allowed to go in right. – they're not allowed to go in the house because of NFL I rules. Assume. right, right. So <laughs> he had to come outside in his shorts and T-shirt <laughs> to uh, – <laughs> But, but yeah, good group. I yeah. mean, congrats to Fanica. Congrats to Nunn and his family. I mean, they're 
very well deserving in my opinion. I think it's a little overdue for Fanica, but I, I get it. I mean, I didn't yeah. think he was massively snubbed. It's a tough tough fraternity to get into. It, it is, and, and it just goes to show you, um, you know, typically if you if you make the finalist list, that, that final 15, the semifinalists, you're probably going to get in at some point. History shows. If you're there several times. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, you know. It's not it's a, a given. It's a puzzle to put together it, it really right. isn't because you look at, like, even this year's class, there's three guys who are first-time finalists. That was Woodson, Calvin, Payton. Right. right? Yeah. That, you know, I, I think everybody looked at, at, at Woodson and Manning. Yeah. Oh, those are, those guys, those guys are obviously. Like last year, right. Yeah. The, the tough one, though, was Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, just because of, of the longevity issues. Um, there was at least an argument against him. Right. The other guys. Would be like making, you know, hey, maybe you'll make this guy wait a couple of years. Obviously, he's probably a Hall of Famer. But mm-hmm. there's some other guys who have been sitting. You know, Torrey Holt doesn't get in. Or, sure. You know, some some guys Even like Red that. Wayne was late. I'm just thinking of other receivers. Yeah. I, I think I take Calvin over those guys all day and twice on Sundays. But I, I understand the logic, you know. And, uh, you know, Fanica last year, can we put another Steeler in? Can we put another guard in? I'm sure that didn't help his case, too. But it's great that he's in. Um I, I still don't understand Lynch, to be honest with you, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to compl- complain about it too much. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had a little bit to do with getting Fanick in this year, and, and I, I, I should send a, a note to, to uh, Mike Sando for that as well, because he was the one who brought up last year when I was in the meeting. I think Hutchinson had like eight holding calls in his career. Oh, yeah, this is great, yeah. And I'm like, boy, I wish I would have had that stat for Fanick. I don't know what it, I didn't know what it was at the time. Right, right, right. But I'm wish, I wish I would have had that stat mm-hmm. to know, you know, hey, just for by comparison's sake, Fanick had this many. And so I had you know, Bert Loughton looked it up for me, and it was four. Four. In his entire career. Age, yeah. Which they were bragging Because everybody was all, oh, hey, he only had eight holding penalties in his in entire 10 career. Ten years or 12 yeah. years or whatever. That sounds pretty darn good, <laughs> and it is. Yeah. But four's better. Four's better, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, I've heard that number thrown around a lot. Well, big reason why. You know, four holding penalties in 12. I'm like, there yeah, you go. right. Yeah, so so you kind of learned your lesson as a first time presenter. Yeah, you know, heard someone else go. Ah, I should have had that, and you corrected it and you helped them out. Yeah, awesome. so yeah. It may have given them the edge over Tony Baselli to be maybe, quite frank. Maybe, yeah, who knows? Because that was you know, I mean, both of those guys are deserving. Yeah, Baselli be hard is hard to keep out. I yeah. mean, no no question about it. I thought he had a good shot this year. Yeah, uh, but didn't make it. Maybe next year for him, but uh, certainly uh, a strong class. And <coughs> man, August fifth through the ninth. In, in Canton is going to be a heck of a weekend. Uh, Bring your terrible towels. We talked to uh, we talked to Art Rooney the second yesterday, and he said and we the Steelers may have to get the biggest tent in the state of Ohio to uh, have a, a party up there. <laughs> Five members of the Steelers uh, like going into the Hall of Fame uh, this summer, um, and the Steelers, of course, playing in the Hall of Fame game as well. Uh, it's so going to people be, don't realize Sh- Donnie Shell, uh, Troy Polamalu, and, and Bill Coward, Bill Coward yeah. too. Right, also left over from last yeah. Year. Uh, so that's going to be, I mean, you're, you're going to be talking about 28 people going into the Hall of Fame next summer. Five of them are Steelers. And five of them are Steelers. I think wow. that puts them at 32 members of the franchise that uh, are. Is I mean, that second or third-ish, something like somewhere that? Somewhere in there, yeah. And I think it, the Bears are first. The Bears have a bunch of guys from way back when. Way back when, when. Yeah. right, right, right. Um, but, I mean, you figure but, there's there's only like 350, a little bit more than 350 people in the entire Hall of Fame, and almost 10% are Steelers. 10% are Steelers. I mean... I guess Joe Green probably went in 88-ish. Somewhere in there, yeah. I mean, if you start from that point on, 
Nobody's put them out at a higher percentage. It's been a yeah, it's been a that. pretty steady march. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's why more to come, maybe, I, I, I think it's going to be a while before the Steelers get another one. I think it'll yeah. be it'll, it'll probably uh, Ben. Probably Ben will be the next mm-hmm. one. Uh, I know people will, will push for Heinz Ward and and potentially James Harrison will be, will get the, will become eligible here. But you I know, it's an uphill climb for both. Those guys. When you look at Ward's numbers. Um, Compared to some of the other guys who are who are there waiting now, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of pale in comparison. Sure, I, I know people look. Well, he was the best blocking wide receiver in the, in the league. That's fine, but there's no statistic for that. There's there nothing, isn't. You know, I mean, I've heard people, really intelligent people, talk about Ward versus AB versus Stallworth versus Swan, and I'm not sure I can fight them. Saying I'd rather play against those three than Heinz Ward. You know, just yeah, ask the Ravens how much you hate playing against Heinz Ward. But I've never been on the, the ward for Hall of Fame vote. I mean, and it's not just numbers. I don't think yeah. he was ever as dominant as any of those three or um, played the wide receiver position better than them. I mean, I know he did the little things. That's great. But I'd, I'd rather guard you running routes than A.B. Yeah, it's, it's, it, to me, it's really, I mean, I, he, was, he was largely a possession wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys have a tough time getting in. They do, they do. You know. You could say, well, Larry Fitzgerald's a possession wide receiver, but he, he also, I mean, the body works insane. Yeah, right. I mean, it's he just was nuts. One of the best in the uh, league. You know, Anquan Bold is Anquan Bolden a Hall of Famer? No, no. You know. I mean, you got to be pretty special. Chris Carter, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, yeah. there's not many that are Steve Largent. You know, what I mean, they're right. you know, ahead of their time. You know? And when Largent retired, he was he was first held all the records. Right, yeah, right, right. right. So um, easy one. You know, and that, that's part of it too. The game has changed over the last. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, especially for the passing game and receivers and all that good stuff, without question. It's going to be harder and harder for someone of anything close to Ward's resume to get in. And you're right. I, I think Ben's probably the next guy. Yeah, I think I, so, sure because Harrison, to me, you know, he yes, he was dominant for about a five-year stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also it, a lot of good edge guys in that era. That's the problem. I mean, he he was you know Apple the NFL yeah. Defensive Player of the Year is a, certainly a, a check mark in yeah, his yeah, yeah. his corner. Super Bowl. The, the, the Super Bowl play that he made is to me the the greatest defensive play in Super Bowl history. I right, mean, right, right. Have a tough time arguing that. But then you look at his body of work and you say, okay, but what was the the first four or five years of his career? Doesn't help. He's a special teams player. The last right, right, right. the last four or five years of his career, he's you know a part time player. Yeah. I mean, I think of guys from that era that he's going to fight against, Julius Peppers, Dwight right. Freeney. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of them. I it's kind of the Joey Porter seven, thing. Though. Like, Joey Porter finished with 99 sacks mm-hmm. in his career. If he had gotten to 100... It looks better. But then you get a little bit more in. of an argument. Sure. I mean, um, you're, on, you're on that list of X amount with 100 sacks got in, and you're one of the few that didn't. Right. Um, it actually kind of reminds me of Flores getting in this year, too. He was one of the only coaches that had two Super Bowls until now that didn't get in. Right. There are some milestones, but I don't see Porter or Harrison on the same level career-wise as yeah. Peppers and Jason Taylor and, you know, those type of dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, I mean, you know, Harrison finished with, you know, I think 88 career sacks or something like that. Just okay. not just not in the I – mean, had he started, you know, early in, early in his, you know, in, instead of starting in in nineteen or two thousand and seven as his first year as a starter, um, you know, if he's two thousand five or two thousand four when he sure. was when he was on the team, maybe then he's, you know, he, he finished one hundred ten one hundred ten sacks or something like that. Then you'd say, okay, this guy, 
you know, three Super Bowls that he played in, mm-hmm. one, two. Defensive MVP. Defensive yeah. MVP, and then you're making that, that kind of argument. Right. But. Yeah. It, again, it's just not a long enough stretch of dominance. But it yeah. was a dominant stretch. It was a very dominant stretch. Yeah, I mean, was, you could make the argument that in, until T.J. Watt has come along, those couple of years with James Harrison were maybe the best individual seasons of any edge rusher in Steelers history. Including LC and Dwight White and, you know, yeah. four three types. I think it were. I mean, yeah. Greg Lloyd was a dominant player, Kevin Green. You know, there's a, a long list, obviously, but Harrison's peak might be the best. Yeah, I mean, because he took the ball away, too. I mean, Yeah, was, right, right. Know, seasons right. where he, you know, he's getting eight to ten strip sacks. <laughs> Speaking of what... Didn't go so well for him over the weekend. It did not, and yeah. and I, you know, I understand the the anguish that uh, the people in Pittsburgh are, are feeling sure. over this uh, Steeler fans in particular. But it's a, t- I mean, six six one way, half dozen the other. I, I did have a problem with it. I would have voted for Watt. I probably was a little biased. It's not like Donald is uh, exactly hated around here either. He's got yes. a little bit of hometown feel, right. and I think he's the best defensive player in the league. And by a wide margin right now. I just, I mean, to know. me, you know, the numbers favored Watt. The numbers are better. Yeah. Yeah. All around. I don't know who I'd rather play against. Probably Watt, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Donald's more of a, a home wrecker. Um, but the numbers are strong for Watt. I mean, again, this was a coin flip. Yeah. And he lost the coin flip. Yeah. So uh, that's the way it goes. And, that's the way it goes. And, you know, he's moved up. A, you know, two years ago, he finished third. This that's year, he finished second. Yeah, right. Maybe Some next year, he gets first. Are, yeah. Especially like Pro Bowls for guards. It maybe he saved the Steelers before. a little bit of money there, too. <laughs> right. Well, you didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, it's not like your Defensive was, Player of the Year. Right. We're, we're glad you gave me this contract, TJ, but you didn't quite win it. <laughs> Anyways, we should take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, um, while watching the uh, Super Bowl last night, uh, of course, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers pretty much dominated the uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Sure did. That version of the Chiefs. Yeah. And, and I, I put on, uh, I had a little thing going on, uh, DKPittsburghSports.com, a little kind of a live chat kind of thing going, yeah, yeah, yeah. going on okay. during the game. And I, I said, this is why... That game showed why the Steelers would would have had a chance, just a chance, to beat the Chiefs had they played. I'm sure you're talking about the defense. The pass line. rush. Yeah, right, right. The right. pass rush. And people immediately, oh, the Steelers would have had no chance to do it. I'm like. A chance. I just said a chance. You're not predicting they win I'm or like, hold I, them to no zero. No such thing. Right. Oh, right, right, right. 
but it gives you that pass rush gives you a chance to win against any team. Yeah, part of me really enjoyed seeing that because, frankly, I was wrong, like many. I mean, I thought. I mean, we talked about the the potential that that, that, that could yeah. be a, a home wrecking kind of situation, but we thought that Mahomes would handle the pressure better than he did. I thought Reed would handle the pressure better. I thought more than any team in the league, they could make up for. You know, replacement level offensive line against a way way better defensive front, and I may have underestimated the Bucks front too. By the way, like they've been playing out of their mind. Well, they got Ve- since back, they got Vea back. It's yeah. really been helpful too. And then, you know, I think a week off helps guys like Sue and Pierre Paul that have had a, logged a lot of snaps as well. But part and part of me, I mean, just to bring it back to the Steelers, watching that game made me think. Steelers, and part of me, I'm not on this train yet, but part of me just thinks Steelers need to take an offensive lineman around one period and a sentence. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's why I liked it. The part that I liked about the game was the trenches won out yeah. more than anything. There's coaching, there's execution, you can blame penalties or whatever you want to do. But there's no denying the team that with the best trench play dominated that game, and that's the biggest reason why. Yeah, and the Chiefs made a lot of mistakes. They did silly mistakes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, things early. Yeah, but there there were some takeaways there. To me, I, I thought that Can, uh, Tampa Bay's play at inside linebacker was also huge, a huge factor, yep. and and they have not. Everybody focused on Devin White, of course. He's not their best player on the inside. <laughs> it's not really even close. No, I mean, it's, it's not. David's a great player. Yeah, Levante, yeah. David, they have two of those guys. Mm-hmm. And if you have two of those cover linebackers on the inside, you're playing essentially the same kind of style of defense that the Steelers play. Oh, sure, sure. You know, because right. Pierre Paul and, and uh, uh, what's his face? And or, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. They are, act they're outside guys. linebackers. Sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're not much different, right. So you got you got those cover linebackers on the inside – and it just it closes down so much stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were obviously very well coached in that they didn't fall for a lot of the pre-snap stuff or get out of position early. The Chiefs, I thought, would screen them to death to slow down the pass rush. And they did a little early and didn't have much success. Didn't, because, because of the, of the speed of those linebackers, right, right. yeah. They were ready for it, and they got a lot of hats to the ball. You know, there's an old scouting adage that if you're slow at middle linebacker, you got a slow defense. Well, if you have two fast dudes on the second, you're really fast now, on defense. Really fast. Because on what defense, the the, right. the Chiefs' plan once they saw that was okay. If they're going to double Tyreek and and they're mm-hmm. going to double Kelsey, well, we're going to put these guys here and we're just going to send somebody out to the flat after they clear out the the, the space there. Sure. And they were trying to do that. And yeah, they would dump the ball off. <laughs> they couldn't galore. get anything. Yeah, right, right, you get right. a three-yard gain out of it. Well, that's not going to get you know. Yeah, not yeah. going to get you there. And they had a lot of disadvantages, including not helping their you know, helping their tackles and protection and whatnot. I mean, they had a lot of issues. It was jailbreak every every snap. He was under an immense amount of pressure. And it wasn't just him. It was you know people when people were talking. Well, the Steelers they could should have kept Stefan Wisniewski. Did you watch him play last I night? Was say that too. He stunk I, too. He was as bad as anybody. <laughs> I mean, they were all replacement level offensive. They, Stunk. You know, trying to block Pro Bowl. <laughs> there wasn't a good, no, there's not one offensive lineman on the Chiefs last night that would play for the Steelers. No. no <laughs> they were like, awful. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, that kind of reminded me, you don't see many pairings like David and White right now. Like, I go yeah. back to, like, Bowman and Willis. I mean, but that's a while ago. That's I mean, a long time ago. Right. That's Somebody asked me on my, on my live cues today, well, it, you know, I, I, I know you've said that the Steelers need to draw, draft an offensive players in, on the, right. the first day of the draft or even the first two days of the draft. 
but what defensive position would you look at? I said, well, if there's a special inside linebacker there to pair with Bush, because... You have that then. Then you got that. Right. And if one of them gets hurt, well, you still got one of them. You still got you one, know. and you can scheme around that. And Yeah. And it's funny. Since we got together Friday, I've seen two or three mock drafts, including Bucky Brooks, of of guys I trust. I mean, there's a lot of mock drafts out right. there, and half of them I don't even click on. <laughs> but some of the people that I know are I do for laughs, and, you know. Yeah, right. People that are, And two of the three that I saw recently had them either taken um, Zavian, the dude from Tulsa, yeah, or the dude from Missouri, you know, that are both there's in that neighborhood of where the Steelers pick, and it's an abundance of riches, in my opinion, considering the other needs. I think you have other needs that over right. override that, but, but you can find, nice. you can get, you don't have to use the tenth overall pick. Well, I mean, if you want, you've got Bush, you've they got your, to do that. you've got your, right. you've got your guy, but you can find a guy in those middle rounds, third, fourth, fifth mm-hmm. round, who can run. Who can really run? Which is, I mean, that's that's what they were trying to get in Ulysses Gilbert. Like if he sure, hits, sure. you know, if he hits, now you got two fast guys and you know, fast mm-hmm. athletic guys and inside linebacker. But they could use a fifth round pick on a fast inside linebacker for the next three years, and if you hit on one of them, now it's you cold. got something. Yeah. And meanwhile, the other ones are good special teamers. And, right. You know, yeah. It's not like they're junk. Yeah. So I mean, that to me is, I think, something that you look at. You know, if you can do that, that showed up there for yeah. sure. Especially and on the other end, in a division where you have to play Lamar Jackson, you know, and, right, and things right, like right, that. Right. Where these guys, okay, they can run him down. Murder, no question. And on the other side, it's a big weakness for the Chiefs, too. You yeah. know, like, they're, they're not real good in coverage. They had a hard time against Fournette and Gronk and Brait, and they've had trouble every step of the way. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things to talk about with last night's game. But part of it, I think, is interesting, which might be more and more Steeler-related along those lines, is just team building, too. I mean, they're very differently constructed I had a good conversation earlier today or late last night about what about Edwards Hilaire? You know, and I think you got to look back and say that was a luxury you couldn't afford. Yeah. And we kind of said that when they picked them. Yeah. And then the other thing about that pick, too, I think is really telling from last night is he stinks in protection. Oh, he's awful. It was terrible at LSU. The first pressure that they gave up, I noted it on Twitter. I'm like, he ran right by. Did he? Shaq Barrett on his way to, or no, it's Pierre Paul. Okay. He just runs by him as Pierre Paul's coming in unblocked. Yeah. Like, I, at least get a shoulder into him and slow it down. Like, you and I like Dobbins better than him, and may, it may be others. He was not our top back. And when they took him. Because of that. Because of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when they took him, I thought, wow, that's a luxury. But okay. I mean, it's a high flying offense. You add another weapon. But I immediately said, but he's not good in protection and he's not good in short yardage. And. Maybe it gave the Chiefs too much credit just saying, well, they're not going to ask them to protect. Well, they don't. They want five yeah. guys in a route. But sometimes part of me almost thought, I know Lev Bell's basically shot, but he was active. At least he'd protect and help your tackles. Right, yeah. They had no options to help their tackles because the backs was just, aren't good at it. Yeah, it was just – Kelsey's it, not going to do it. It was it was a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to get to the quarterback first? Uh, one other thing that I, I noted while I was watching the game is – it. Tampa Bay used their running backs. Yes. You know, not just to run the football. They ran the ball effectively. Which, yeah, which you wanted the line scrimmage which, as well. Which you could right. do against Kansas City. They had a lead. Right. Um, but they also used them, again, against Kansas City's linebackers. Yep. Get those guys out of the backfield and, and get you know four net three yards downfield with a head of steam, yep. and you're going to get 12, 15 yards out of it. It's huge. Every time. No question. And Ronald Jones is a terrible receiver. Yeah. And they threw to him once or twice, and that doesn't yeah. usually work. Fournette's not even great. He's gotten better. 
and he's caught in he has some some nice reception totals in his career. I think his last year in Jacksonville, not this not this year, the last year he caught fifty or sixty balls. But they're not special routes, you know. It's just right. it's getting just, him past the line of scrimmage with the ball in his hand and ahead of steam and an easy throw <laughs> slows down the rush. You know, it's it's free yardage. That to me, I mean, again, it goes back to to why I think the Steelers need to draft a running back in the first two rounds of this draft. They need a special back. It doesn't have to be again. Fournette. It doesn't have to be the third pick in the draft like Fournette was. And he still isn't worth that. And if you know, no, people are like, they right. should have picked up Fournette. That's a different story. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But he needs to be able to do more than – he needs to offer something in the passing game, whoever this guy right. is. Without then running. you can have your receivers run deeper routes. You don't have to have everybody oh, right, running right. the short stuff because your, your running back is running the – that's what made Le'Veon Bell so effective because sure. he was running those, those you know, eight-yard routes, mm-hmm. those six-yard – you know, now, now you could – in that situation – Okay, Juju, you go. You go ahead and run a, a fifteen-yard out here, or something like that, as opposed to being the the guy running those intermediate routes. Yep. Uh, the stats nerds will tell you the most efficient play in football is throwing to a running back on first and ten. I mean, it's five yards, it's five easy. Or six yards every time. Yeah. I mean, then the rest of the drives downhill. You know, I mean, then you can take a shot or you can pound it. Or second and six is great. You know, yeah. and it's not a hard thing to execute. That's what I mean by efficient. It's not a a high variance play. It doesn't have to be a super schemed up situation. I mean, I used to coach my kid in flag football, and one of our staple plays was everybody run deep, and our little running back just kind of hang around here, and if the quarterback Leak gets out. in trouble, dump it to him, <laughs> yeah. and he'll pick up ten. You know. Yep. And they were eight year olds, and it's really not that different. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, to me, that that just drove that home. That man, they need a they need a back. They do. Because even when Jones when Jones broke the line of scrimmage. But he was a good runner, at least. Right. The burst was there. The burst was right, there. Right, right, right. They don't have anybody with that burst when, mm-hmm. who, A, can, McFarlane has that burst. He doesn't know what he's doing yet, though. But he doesn't know what he's doing. Right, right, right. Snell doesn't have the burst. And he never will. And he never, yeah, it's not going to, you're not going to get that burst. Connor doesn't have doesn't. that burst. I mean, they, no. they got to break a tackle to get through something like that or mm-hmm. have a, a, a hole in the line that is, you know, you can drive a car through. Yeah. I also like seeing, just talking schematics and stuff, something I didn't see coming, because when I previewed that game a lot, I said, boy, I expect a lot of 12 personnel from the Bucks, and the Chiefs will come out in nickel, and the Chiefs will say, run it all day long, you can't keep up with Pat and score 35. Well, I was slightly right in that they <laughs> ran it with heavy personnel, and I was very wrong that they needed 35 to win, because the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. But then I loved seeing – he's not a great player, and he, he dropped the touchdown. Or got, but the extra offensive lineman coming in there yeah. with Gronk was like – it didn't mean they couldn't throw with Haig and a tackle and Gronk, a great blocker, and a big back like Fournette. You still have a lot of dangerous dudes on the field. But the Chiefs had no match for that. They don't want to play base. You know, you made right. them play base with two bad linebackers on the field as opposed to Thornhill and Mathau and all those guys running around. And they had no answer for that at all. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, when people say ask, you know, what lessons can the Steelers take out of that game, mm-hmm. I think there's some things that you look at and you say, okay, they they could these are fixable things. These are things yes. that you can do. You can get a better running back. You can get another cover inside linebacker that Oh sure, you know, sure. I mean they got the front already, the yeah. defensive front. Uh, they have the young secondary too. I thought I mean, the Bucks played their best game, the Chiefs played their worst game too. Yeah, you know, I mean let's not not forget that. A huge thing, though, that I took away from that game, too, which isn't going to sound positive, but in a Steeler light, is 
and this gives Brady a lot of credit, and I always talk about that Week 13 bye for Tampa, that their play-action numbers basically doubled from Week 13 on. And I don't know this for a fact, but I would bet every dollar I owned, Brady went into Leftwich's and Arian's office during that break and said, we need to get back doing things I'm more comfortable with. The Patriots are always the top of the league in play-action. Last night, they play-actioned the heck out of him. All three of his touchdowns came off play-action. They averaged like 12 yards per play off play-action. And the Steelers are always at the bottom of the league in that. Well, I think that's going to change this year. That's what I was going to say. You know, like, I know that's not Ben's deal, but I've gotten to the point now where it's got to be your deal. I I think it wasn't Ben's deal because it wasn't, first of all, Arian's deal. True. Oh, that's a case in point. Pre-week 13, it was not Arian's deal. And then it it wasn't necessarily Haley's deal because Mm -hmm. Ben had become set in his ways. Sure. Oh, sure. It's an old dog, new trick thing. Right. And and so now you go to him and say, hey, look, this is – this, this is, is the a, way of the future. And we if you can't have the bottom league anymore, if you have a, a a threat at the running back position, it helps that so it much. It all helps too, right? I yeah. mean, you can't be you know people want to wax poetically about even the Munchak days. Mm-hmm. Even then, the Steelers were like twenty sixth in the league running the football in twenty eighteen. They yeah. were not a strong okay. running team. Sure. So they've got to get better there. You got to you got to you can't have the thirty second paid running back room and have no talent there and expect them to be middle of the road. Yeah. in, in production. No, you've gotten away with that at wide receiver, and you've excelled at it. But uh, you know, you got a, you got away with it quite frankly when you had Le'Veon Bell on his rookie contract. Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you found a special player there. And how much different was the offense then? I mean, I'm not sure Ben's much different now than then. Right, that position is. Yeah. Oh, there's there's no <laughs> doubt know? about it. Yeah. And you know, people say, well, why haven't the Steelers won? You know, they they haven't paired up that offense and defense. You know, in 2015, they had a great offense. Mm-hmm. And the defense was, quite frankly, lacking. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, they had Kansas City's defense. Makes it awful. It is, it's a hard thing to do in this yeah. league. You use that many first-round picks in a row on defense. Or how many times – I mean, we talked about this before Tom Brady was ever a buck. I mean, last year the Bucks' defense was like third in defense of DVOA, yep. but like 28th in points allowed. Because 40 turnovers. <laughs> because the, the quarterback <laughs> turned the ball over 40 times. So they hit that great peak where the offense got better and better and better as the season went on. The defense had a little bit of a lull, but then peaked at the right time. And a lot of it's great drafting. Like, yes, adding Brady's wonderful and side guys like A.B. and Fournette and Gronk. But for the most part, they're pretty homegrown. They dra- know, Yeah, they drafted their defense. The they, they added a couple of pieces. Winfield and Werfs yeah. were huge. But their, their guys on first contracts are very, very valuable to them. Yeah. Their, their problem you know, is like, they don't have a long-term well, they, don't they don't have a long-term plan, plan. at quarterback. No, yet. right, right, right. So at some point, you know, you're, you know, Brady's going to get old or retire, or you would think, you know. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk about that next. Okay. Um, I did a little research yesterday over the last three drafts and said, what does it cost to move up and get a quarterback? That is a really in interesting draft. conversation. And quick note too, you're picking 32nd. You're not going to get Mac Jones. Right. There's not going to be one this year either. That's going to be next year's project. For them, yeah. You know. So yeah, let's uh, let's take a look at that when we come back. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to the Drive on your 24/7 home of the Black and Gold Steelers Nation Radio.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, um, over the weekend, I reported that uh, this week the Steelers will meet with Ben Roethlisberger and his, his representative, yeah. Ryan Tallner. Uh, they'll start trying to figure out how to get that that uh, cap hit down. Uh, on Friday, we saw Drew Brees make a deal. Move. I didn't to, quite understand it. I think you dug into it more than I did because he's going to retire. Essentially, yeah, what they do is they put on a couple of avoidable years at the end of the deal so they can okay. so they can then stretch out that signing bonus money over the next two years. Okay. And they don't have to, well, actually friendly. really in the next year, so they don't have to take the entire hit this year. Okay, even though they know he's not going to play. Right. I mean, he hasn't officially announced yeah. it, but this is setting up for retirement. Yes. But you had texted me over the weekend, and I don't mean to steal your thunder, that the Steelers could do something similar without Ben retiring, though, right? Right, yeah. Okay. You just you, you extend him in the, in the next year and maybe even beyond that, and mm-hmm. you, get to, you, you can then – because it, the more years more you put on that, yeah. it gives you more – it allows you to take a lower cap hit on the, mm-hmm. the bonus money. Uh, which you know the Steelers, if they if if Ben has to be amenable to this, but um, you can get that number down to around twenty eight million real easily by doing that, as opposed to what forty one forty one point two five. Okay, um, so and he doesn't lose any money in the deal, and it's right. just a different way of structuring yeah. it, huh? So why not? Why not? Right, exactly. You know, people complaining about well, you know, they should just cut him and take the twenty two million dollar cap it. Okay, would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger? At an additional six million dollars, mm-hmm. is that does that sound better to you, or would you just cut him and not have him? And not have but him you still have him. You still him twenty. You know, he still counts twenty two million dollars against your cap and a quarterback need. And a, and now you've opened up a need they for need a quarterback, quarterback where you're probably going to have to go sign a guy who's going to. I mean, I even bring up guys like Brissett and Winston. They're going to be ten plus, right? I mean, that's a cheap option. Yeah, you know, Dalton or you know, I mean, I'm, I'm aiming low here. Yeah. You know? Or if you're going to trade for Darnold, I mean, that's a first-round pick then, too. Like, all those things we talked about, boy, Steelers can use a back and a linebacker. And, well, you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're putting an unproven, talented guy back there. Which, know? to me, is why I think the Steelers should wait until next year to make that move for a quarterback. Me I think, too. I think you have some definite needs going into this year because of the cap situation. Yes. That you need to take care of. Your offensive line... The running back position, maybe an inside linebacker, mm-hmm. potentially you know a tight end. You're going to need. There's other. Yeah. There's, there's needs there that. Oh, there's that plenty of needs. If you go out and get the go out and trade a bunch of picks to get a quarterback, which is what you'd have to do, and we're going to run through some of what what the yeah, what that cost right. is um, here. It doesn't allow you to build around the young quarterback. That's what I was you should say. have. You should have your foundation in place before you make that move. I always call it building a nest. Yeah. You know, it's like. Bring in your first kid home from the hospital. You have to have the the nursery already. You got you better have diapers. You better have a nice, clean, you know, beautiful room for them and a crib. And first time parents forget half that stuff. You know, <laughs> just like Washington bringing in Haskins. I mean, yeah. they, they didn't have the nest ready for the baby bird. Sam you know? Darnold, or well, there's a hundred million. Yeah, yeah we'll I'm go not through sure Cincinnati. Does you we'll know, go or, through some of these here. Uh, so the first one that comes to mind because he was just traded last week. Okay. <laughs> Just golf. Huh? The Rams traded up to get to the number one pick to get Jared Goff. And remember, this is Jeff Fisher's team doing this. In 2016. Yep. So they traded with the Tennessee Titans, who had the number one overall pick. Just a few of the players that they traded to go get Jared Goff. Uh, they, they Here's what they traded. They sent their 2016 first-round pick, two, two, two second-round picks that year, and a third-round pick. They also sent their first and second-round picks in 2017, yes. So they traded five round, five picks, premium to, picks. They're not premium fifth and picks. Sixth rounders, right? Uh, Tennessee sent back that their first round pick, 
a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick that same that year aren't premium that picks. are just kind of throw. Yeah, yeah. we'll make the deal. So some of the players that were drafted with those picks, the ten, the Tennessee got back Jack Conklin, making a lot of money for <laughs> Cleveland right money. now and had great years in Tennessee. Derrick Henry. He ain't so bad. He won the award <laughs> he over just, the weekend. Yeah, yeah, he just won Offensive Player of the Year. Corey Davis. Yeah, been very good for them. Yeah, Austin Johnson, who's a who's a it's serviceable, a, rotational, yeah. good defensive lineman. So I mean, and there were some other guys thrown in there as well. Four guy, four starters, including the Offensive Player of the Year. Two things I want to mention about that. First of all, if they would have kept their picks, they wouldn't have drafted those specific players. Correct. But it shows you the value of what you're getting. What with you're those trading picks. away, right? Yeah. I mean. And frankly, you'd have the choice. You might have taken somebody better. I mean, you'd have, right. you'd have addressed a, more of a position of you need. Would have, yeah, you would have addressed your needs, your specific needs. And then Rams specifically, that's the last first-round pick they've had. And then they and doubled they down on it by trading years. for Stafford because they traded two more right, first-round right, right. picks and to go get Stafford. So Brandon the, Cooks, Jalen Ramsey in the process, too. This, this whole Jared Goff thing has set that franchise, to me, set the franchise back. Yeah. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl, and they've been very successful. Yeah. And he... He's not Jamarcus Russell. I mean, they've won games with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he hasn't killed the organization to that degree. But when you lay it out like that, what did we actually pay for this dude? And then had to go buy another one. Right. And then he wasn't <laughs> right. good enough, so we had to go double, you know, double down on this and trade away two more first round picks. Right. To go to go get somebody to replace this guy. And we traded for a thirty three year old quarterback mm-hmm. with who has broken his back twice. See, like I look at the Rams and think they could win the Super Bowl these one of these next two years or both. I mean, they could be really good, but they could be the worst team in the league three years from now right. too. Yeah, I mean, with, if you don't bring a first round pick for seven years, that's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt. I right, mean, right, at some right. point that that bill is going to come due. Kind of like the Saints right now. Similar. The yeah. bill comes due at some point when you when you mm-hmm. spend that much and put that much into it. You're trading away picks. Hey, we're just we're last year. Would they have three three uh, draft picks in the entire draft? Or was that two years ago? The Rams? Oh, no, the Saints. The Saints. Saints had three. Because yeah. they were going, they're, hey, we're going for it here. They trade up. Yeah. That's the difference with the Rams. I give the Rams credit because they do bring in a lot of picks every year because they trade down and yeah. they use the, the comp market well. But they don't seem old now. We just want Defensive Player of the Year and Ramsey might be the best corner in the league. They'll be old in two years. Right. And Stafford's already old and, you know, Woods. Yeah. And if comp- you don't win next year with Stafford. You're old. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it, yeah, it, and now all of a sudden, Aaron Donald's thirty. Yeah, that's what I mean. Know? They're a blink away from being old. Um, some of the other trades that have been made in that time, uh, that same year, the Eagles traded up to number two to get Carson Wentz. That was with the Browns, right? And they had to make they had to make a couple of moves to get up there. Oh yeah, they did move up twice. Right? So they moved up. They, first of all, they sent uh, their eighth pick, uh, or I'm sorry, they they moved up. They traded with Miami. They had the thirteenth pick that year. They mm-hmm. had to trade up to eight. So they traded. Uh, the 13th pick, which ended up being Laramie Tunsil. Wow. They also traded Byron Long Mask. Yeah, they also yeah. traded Byron Max back. Uh, Brian, yeah, Byron, Byron Maxwell, Maxwell and yeah. Kiko Alonso. Okay, they were throw-ins to, to make up that to make that move up. Those two were salary dumps at the time. Yeah, at they the were, time. They, that made the deal right. But it's funny is that deal happened like a week before the draft. Right. You know, like they were positioning. That never themselves. happens. Yeah. Someone doesn't trade from eight to fifteen before the draft, not knowing he's going to be there. So they then traded. Uh, they traded the eighth pick. A 2016 third-round pick and fourth-round pick, that, that same draft. And then a 2017 first-round pick and a 2018 second-round pick to the Browns for the second pick in the 2016 draft, which they then used on Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Browns traded some of those picks, including trading down with Tennessee then 
which used to pick on Jack Conklin. Okay. Who then ends up being a Brown. They spent 25, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, whatever it was. That we just talked about yeah, golf. $15 million right, right. a year to acquire him. They could have just drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Because um, people killed the Browns. You traded away from Wentz. Now they're not killing them so much. They also traded away the pick uh, with Houston, that pick, for Deshaun Watson. That would have been Deshaun Watson. Yeah, imagine if they were stuck <laughs> and just taking Watson. The Eagles won the Super Bowl at the end of the 2017 season. Correct. But Wentz didn't play in that game. Right. He was hurt. There has been a lot of injuries. Yeah, so it just... One thing that's interesting about that deal, though, is if I recall that offseason, they had Foles... They drafted Wentz, who they didn't think they could get the two to get, and they loved the guy, and they're going to trade him in the next two days, supposedly. Right. But then Teddy Bridgewater blows out his knee, and they still had Sam Bradford and shipped him for a one. So they kind of lucked out Which with was their fortunate trade for them, yeah. That's total yeah. luck. Total luck. Because he wasn't worth the one to begin with. Um, the Texans traded up for Deshaun Watson. We've already talked a little yeah. bit about this one. So um, the Texans were looking for a trade partner to move up from 25th in 2017 for Watson. Okay. The Browns had three first-round draft picks that year thanks to making the trade, hmm, the trades okay. the previous year. So they got Houston's first-round pick in 2017 and their first-round pick in 2018 for the 12th pick in that draft, uh, from the, which they had already acquired from the Eagles. Okay. Or which was, uh, so the Texans got Watson, who's a franchise quarterback. Oh, a superstar, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Browns, they took uh, safety Jabril Peppers who they later traded along with guard Kevin Zeitler, a first-round pick in 2019 and a third-round pick that year for wide receiver Odell Beckham and defensive lineman Olivier Vernon. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think they won that deal, by the way. No. But the next year, the the pick that they got uh, from the Brown, or from the uh, the Texans was the fourth overall pick, which they then Ward. used on Denzel Ward. Yeah. Wow. So you had two of the top four picks in that draft. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, had you taken... they earned the first pick. Yeah. That's when they were... Had you taken Watson instead of trading out of that, right? You still could end up with Ward. You could have had Ward and Watson, and you would had you know maybe you don't have the first overall pick because you had Watson. But you'd have been bad. You'd have been yeah. You'd have got Bradley Chubb or something but like that. But you don't take or... Baker Mayfield. Maybe you build something else mm-hmm. there, which takes us to the real quick. Why you said that though? That one was a little steel irrelevant because the Texans traded from twenty five to twelve to get Watson, while the Steelers picked twenty fourth. Right. And maybe Trey Lance falls to 12. You know, like, that was only two firsts. I, I just talked about the nest. I want to build the nest first, well, it was too. Well, it was two firsts, and... There was some more stuff There was there. some other... A couple, okay. Yeah. Um, and that would make you really light elsewhere. But if Trey Lance turned into Sean Watson, which right. chances are slim. Yeah. You know. The Chiefs traded up that same year to get Patrick Mahomes. They traded up from, right. from 27 to 10. Which is another with pretty Buffalo, good jump. right? Yeah, so the Bills used those picks. They got a, they got a uh, they sent the twenty seventh pick, a third round pick that year, and Kansas City's two thousand eighteen first round pick to Buffalo for the tenth pick in the draft. Wow, the Bills which took, worked out, which clearly. worked out, yeah. Right, right, right. But you don't know. I mean, it's still a gamble. Sure, the Bills took Tre'Davious White twenty seventh, boom, the Pro Bowl cornerback. Uh, they then packaged those other picks that they got to move up to take Deion Dawkins, who's a starting yeah, offensive yeah, tackle for them. for them. And then the next year, they used that pick, that 10th pick that they got, to move up and get Tremaine Edmonds. Hmm, okay. Which was also the same draft class as Josh Allen. Right. Because they were, I want to say talk about building the nest. I thought Buffalo did a good job of building a nest. If they would have, if you had taken my homes, I'd have been happy. Don't get me wrong. Right. 
But I think they looked at it of, we need one more year of Tyrod Taylor and Dawkins and Edmonds and, you know, these things around it, and then next year we'll get our quarterback in Allen. They didn't know who it was going to be at the time. Yeah. but And then they took him the year after they traded away from Holmes. Yeah. We got uh, the Bears moved up for Trubisky. That was a ridiculous trade. We've talked about that one in the past. Neither team really worked out for that one in that one. Uh, the only team it worked out for was New Orleans, which made a trade with one of those picks to get Alvin Kamara uh, mm, yeah, in the yeah. third round. Right. Uh, the Ravens. So this is this one's interesting. The Ravens moved up to get Lamar Jackson the next year. Yeah, right. Late at the end of the first. They had already taken Hayden Hurst earlier in the first round. Uh, Baltimore sent the sec- its second round pick, which was fifty second, and a fourth round selection in twenty eighteen, along with a twenty nineteen second round pick to the Eagles to move up and take Jackson with the thirty second selection. The Eagles used those picks to acquire Dallas Goddard. Miles Sanders and Avante Maddox, hmm. all three starters. Yeah, right, right, right. All in the second round, you know, second round guys that they were able to get out of that, making that move. That yeah, right, right. They're all quality dudes. Yeah, uh, the Cardinals moved up for Josh Rosen. Yeah, that one that didn't. One. That one didn't work out at all. The, uh, the Cardinals traded the fifteenth pick in the draft, a third and a fifth round selection in twenty eighteen to move up to the ten spot. Um, yeah, yeah. Ahead of Allen. Ahead of Allen. Right. Yeah, and moved away from a year. Or actually, later. no, that wasn't ahead of Allen. Allen was... Allen went right before him? Right before that, okay. yeah. But they could have taken Jackson. They could have taken Jackson, right. Who, yeah. They didn't know Kingsbury would be their coach. And yeah. That's the kind of quarterback he wanted. Uh, the Raiders wow. took, uh, with that 15th pick, Colton Miller. Yeah, he's, he's okay. I yeah. mean, he's, he's starting tackle, and that's, they don't grow in trees. He's Josh Rosen's on his fourth team right now. <laughs> right. Rosen was, they took the wrong guy. Uh, the Bills went also went up to get Josh Allen. They could have taken Watson the previous year, remember. Right, they had that pick. They had that pick. Um so they sent the 12th overall pick, uh, they, um, along with two second-round selections, which were 53 and 56, so pretty high picks. Yeah, right. Uh, to, to the Buccaneers to move up to get uh, – set to move up to seven to get Allen. Allen. Okay. Tampa Bay took nose tackle Vita Vea at 12. Yeah, difference maker yesterday. Yeah. They took uh, cornerback M.J. Stewart with the first of those two second-round picks. He's the only defensive back that's not on the team yeah. that they've drafted. High but they traded that second second round pick fifty six to the Patriots, who took cornerback Duke uh, Dawson. Bad choice. It was a bad pick. Right. They traded back, and what they got from New England for that was a pick that they used to take Carlton Davis and a fourth round pick that they used to take Jordan Whitehead. Wow. Both of whom started in their secondary yesterday. In this absolutely, in the they've thrown a lot of early picks at defensive backs because they've had extra ones. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And the final one here, and this one here is the the kicker. The Jets traded up from 6-3 to to get Sam Darnold that year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Mayfield and Saquon went the first two. Right. So uh, they traded their first-round pick, which was six, two second-round picks in 2018, and a second-round pick in 2019. That's a lot to go three spots. To the Colts. Yeah. To go get Darnold. The Colts then turned those picks into – uh, the sixth pick that year was Quentin Nelson. And remember, they have Andrew Luck at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't right. think they had a quarterback need. So they take Quentin Nelson sixth. They then filled another spot in their offensive line in, with the Jets' first second-round pick, taking Braden Smith. Starting right tackle You got, you got your two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they then traded their second-round pick to the Eagles, who took Goddard. They got some picks yeah. out of that. And then they used that second-round pick in 2019 on cornerback Rocky Asin. Hmm. They've made a lot of second-round picks lately, yeah. too. And now they're starting to get aggressive. They've they built the nest, you know. Interesting. I mean, by no means are Houston, well, Houston's in an asterisk by them, Kansas City, none of them are unhappy about trading up. I mean, if you get a franchise quarterback 
and this goes back to our Friday conversation of all the first-round picks that aren't with their teams and whatnot. But if you get one that is, no matter what the You're cost, happy. it's worth it. Yeah. But it's a massive risk. Yeah. And this leads us probably to our live mock draft session. Trading back is good business. <laughs> you know what I mean? It like, helps you build that nest. It does. Because, you know, for two years ago, well, Goff and Wentz, they're the long-time you know, starters for these franchises. Absolutely right. You know, they – Mariota and Winston. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, just they weren't trade-ups, but they're first two picks. I mean, they can't go wrong. Well, trading down ain't so bad. Sometimes they do, and, right. man, you need that extra ammo to, to be able to do that. Now, next year the Steelers should get some comp picks mm-hmm. from some of the guys that they lost this year. They'll have more ammo next year to be able to make a move like that if they so choose. If they so choose. And maybe they go free agency. I mean, they also have cap space. They'll also have, yeah, they'll have the cap they space. Trade they have the ability to make a trade, yeah. A, yeah, make an actual trade for mm-hmm. a quarterback. There's, there's well, all kinds of options that are open to them. Right. To me, trading up this year, giving up that kind of package – for a quarterback, doesn't make any sense. Especially if you bring him in here, even if it's Trey Lance, but it probably would be Mac Jones, who I'm not as excited about. I mean, yeah. Lance, I'd like to sit on the bench because he's got a higher upside, but he's behind a line that needs two or three things without a running game. And, and to do that, you, you probably you know? to, to make that kind of move to go from 24 to 10 or 7 where you have to get and to. you have a first-round pick next year. Right. You're trading away gets, too much. Right. And then you get in the, then you get to the point where, well – now we have to go sign a, bunch, a left Yeah, tackle. now you got to go sign Jack Conklin for $17 million a year. Yeah, and that ain't the Steelers' way of doing things. No. And even if they do have the cash, which they would next year, then you cut those guys two years later and your cap problems are bad again. Yeah. You know? Now you're the Browns. Yeah, and the quarterback situation could be a disaster this year. But then you're – I mean, not that this is a good thing, but then you're picking pretty early. Yeah, <laughs> then you, you don't have I mean? to trade. Right, yeah. I and mean, that's the beauty of the NFL is they reward the teams to struggle a little bit too. So and, and Rudolph is looming. I mean, right. you could live a year with him being your starter yeah. or the last eight games of this upcoming season or whatever, you know? Yeah. But that's why you also don't kick Ben Roethlisberger out the door when you don't have... When there's nothing else. Yeah. Right. So he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be more back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and uh, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. And, uh, well, quite frankly, we didn't focus too well no. on it. Um, Super Bowl did not go as many of us expected. It did not. And, you know, I, I thought we had a good, strong lineup, and most weeks we would have had a good, strong lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at this, our, our, our DraftKings uh, lineup, we had Travis Kelsey as our captain because we had to do that format this week. Yeah, that yeah. worked out okay. Oh, he was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kelsey ended up with th- like, yeah. 39.45 points, which was almost half of our points. That was the problem. That was the problem, right. Because we didn't miss on our top shot, though. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes uh, was not good. Do you think it's safe to say that any lineup that had Mahomes probably didn't make money this Probably year? did not make money. I mean, money. if you hit on everything else, you probably won. He had 12.10 points. Because, I mean, he didn't have Brady. Too. And we had to spend $12,000 on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the key. Uh, Mike Evans. Against, yeah, right. Mike Evans is... is did nothing in the. He had one catch for thirty-one yards. Yeah, 
I didn't think the Chiefs D was horrible. It just killed us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure they were the reason they lost. Or I mean, they they did. Some they good did. Things. They played the way they normally play. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they're they, tough on receivers. Yeah, the offense just didn't uh, no follow suit. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, 64 rushing yards, two catches for 23 yards. We got 10.7 points out of him. I thought there was more meat on the bone there too. Yeah, I would have dumped it to him a little bit more often. And they started to do it late, but draws and things like that were worse. Too yeah, second half they came on and did it. Mm-hmm. But by then the, the horse was pretty good. Horse was already out of the barn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, and say. then we had uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, we had six point one points out of him. He had sixty one rushing yards. Two just missed line. on a touchdown. Two goal line carries didn't help. Yeah, yeah right. Just missed on the touchdown. Uh, Ryan suck up then as well. Uh, we got nine out of him. Apparently, okay. we, we needed to have Butker. He's kicking field goals He's left kicking and right. Field goals. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, they're not scoring touchdowns. So. But Booker only got eight then, too, right? Or nine. Well, well but I think two of those were 50 yards. Oh, so. I didn't know that the yeah. yardage difference counted. So, it's yeah, a, he was the better kicker. To take yeah, he would, have, he would have had like 12 or something like that. Okay. Do we have the Chiefs D, too? Uh, we did not. We talked oh, we about that. Okay, yeah. yeah. We didn't yeah. have the Bucks D. There was no, we didn't have to play a defense. Mm-hmm. We talked about going cheap and. You know, maybe trying to slide oh, the defense now I remember. in there. Okay, yeah, because this is odd yeah. format. I understand. So that would have. We still wouldn't want money, but right, 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 because right, right. Mahomes just killed us. Yeah, uh, the off. winning lineup, and there were a bunch of people who actually had this because it was just one game. Had Gronk as the captain. Yeah, Gronk he had six catches for sixty-seven yards and two touchdowns. He had thirty-seven point zero five points. So we had the better captain play there with with Kelsey. Right, but it cost us more. It cost us a lot more money because right, Gronk right. was forty five hundred bucks. Right, and your captain costed more to pay yeah. for. Right, that weren't they one point five yeah. or whatever. Now Kelsey, as just a flex play, was eleven thousand uh, dollars. He was in the in the uh, mm-hmm. lineup, uh, in the winning lineup. He had twenty six point three points. But you'd be better off Gronk as captain, Kelsey as flex, than vice versa. I guess just I mean you had more to spend. You had more to spend, yeah. yeah. Cause, I mean, we as paid. As on my we paid sixteen thousand for Kelsey as our captain. Uh, he was eleven thousand. Okay, uh, as just a as a flex, yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill was in the winning lineup at fourteen point eight points, even though he didn't do much. But he got some. He, enough, he got yeah. some garbage time late. Okay. Um, Tom Brady got nineteen point eight four points out of that game. He only threw for two hundred one yards. I, Wasn't a huge day for him. He wouldn't have been my MVP. No, me either. It really would have been Todd Bowles. I know you're not allowed to give it away. To, yeah. But I didn't know, would you give it to Fournette or I probably Shaq Barrett? I or? probably would have leaned towards Fournette or one of those defensive front mm-hmm. guys. There just wasn't a, a second option that jumped off the screen. I'd consider Gronk, too. I would have considered, yeah, Gronk was. Week off was good yeah. for Gronk. Uh, Fournette, to me, I thought really kind of controlled the pace of the game for yeah. them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fournette, speaking of him, was in the lineup, uh, in the winning lineup. He had uh, 46 receiving yards, 89 rushing yards on four catches, and also scored a touchdown. Yeah. It was kind of a backbreaker. It was kind of a backbreaker, yeah. yeah. So he had 23.5 points, and then Antonio Brown was in the winning AB lineup. That's pretty good. Five catches, 22 yards, a touchdown. Yeah, it sounds like Fournette and A.B. have a good chance to come back to Tampa next year. Uh, I would imagine they'll take a little less to do it. They both are pretty solid contributors. Uh, I think Fournette's value is a little inflated. He still doesn't look special to me. Yeah. I mean, he's taking he made, advantage of opportunities. I think he made like $3.5 million this year from them. Okay. He's going to want more than that. Probably. Yeah. But he, he isn't. I know a lot of people are like, Steelers should sign Fournette. Well, maybe he preferred Tampa to Pittsburgh. We don't even know that. And even if Pittsburgh even kicked the tires on him, he didn't look like that in Jacksonville, by the way. And I don't, still don't think he looks tremendous. He's just in a great situation. Yeah. yeah. The uh, second-place team, and there were a bunch of people that had this one, um, they they scored 131.89 points. The uh, winning score was 134.69. Uh, 
uh, had Fournette as the captain. I guess that worked out. He well. had thirty five point two five points as the captain. Of course, he was eleven thousand seven hundred mm-hmm. to put in that spot. Receiving they, too. Yeah. yeah, they had Kelsey as the uh, flex as a flex. Sure. Tyreek Hill as a flex. Tom Brady as a flex. Gronk as a flex. He was three thousand dollars just They're as a flex. Hits. And then the Buccaneers defense at twenty eight hundred scored eleven points. That's a cheapie to get eleven points out of. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, and you see this a lot. That the third place lineup had Gronk as the uh, the, the captain. That one they had the third place lineup actually had Mahomes in there. Really? Yeah, he's uh, that's hard to overcome. It, it was, but they had Kelsey, they had Brady, they got both quarterbacks. They got both quarterbacks. Yeah, they paid for that helped. Because now I understand. They had Fournette as the uh, as a flex, Solid. and they had Butker as a flex. Butker had twelve points as Man, a flex. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the so. Everybody else in that lineup kind of hit. That's except, the only lineup that had a hole, though. You yeah, know, like the first two were solid all the way across the board, which I think you'd have to be with only one game to pick from. You but that was that we looked at trying to figure out a way to get both quarterbacks in there. You, you couldn't do it unless you put somebody, the cheap flex guy, the, the in the captain. Maybe we learned our lesson on that too. Yeah, maybe, I don't play maybe, this format right. necessarily all the time, and this is why. Uh, I don't love the format to be honest with you, but maybe going cheap on a captain is how you win. The fourth place team had Brady as their captain. That worked, I guess, yeah. but he's expensive. He was expensive. He was 15000 to yeah. be your captain. Uh, but that allowed them then, uh, they had Kelsey as a flex, Tyreek Hill as a flex, Fournette as a flex, Gronk as a flex, and the Buccaneers defense. So you could go yeah. you could go cheap with Gronk and the Bucks, mm-hmm. and you ended up getting uh, 35.7 points. You could out have of some cojones, though, to pick the Bucks D before that game started. And Gronk. And Gronk. Yeah. He hadn't done anything in the playoffs. He hadn't done anything in the playoffs. I, I actually made some money on prop bets with Gronk because, you know, Brate was on the injury report. Gronk with an extra week's rest. I thought Brady would trust him, but I didn't expect him to look as good as he did or score two touchdowns. You know, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then the, finally, the uh, fifth place team had Fournette as the uh, captain. Kelsey, Brady, Edwards, Hilaire, who was in our he line. He wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Ten point seven points. Antonio Brown, and then Gronk. Again, pretty solid. You see, I mean, obviously there's, there's no Evans, there's, there's no Godwins. Yeah, right. those guys that Very you know, you, that you paid up to get. Even Ty, even Tyree Kill wasn't great. Tyree Kills and you, you paid could for live it. with. Yeah, but you prefer you didn't. Yeah, yeah. But, but there wasn't to me. Uh, there wasn't a lot of secondary kind of. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Is like I, I bet. Most Super Bowls are somebody that comes out of nowhere to, oh, how'd this guy catch a touchdown or that? Hardman or yeah. Watkins. You know, somebody like that that you didn't count on has a huge day that wins you it, that every lineup would have had a guy in yeah. there. You know, there wasn't that guy. You're right. They're kind of predictable where they put where the football went. Yeah, you just needed to find the right mix of those guys mm-hmm. that you, okay, these eight guys are in probably some order. in some order going to work, and we just picked the wrong eight guys. We did. We did. Yeah, we went in on my homes. Yeah. You know, which – I probably would do again if they played tomorrow. But <laughs> I'm not real worried about that. I don't guy, know if I would because he's kind of banged up that in that was game. Rough. Yeah, <laughs> he was under immense pressure. And they said he has he needs surgery on that toe. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty serious injury. Yeah, I mean that's that's next for them. But I bet they draft offensive linemen. I would I offensive would. linemen and inside linebackers. Yeah, and they did draft <laughs> William Gay last year, and he's a project, and he knew it, but. Uh, I think you're going to look back at their early picks and be like, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. might have wanted to spend a little bit somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Get some bread and butter pieces. Yeah, because you have, right? I mean, they, they had a, a weapon. They, they had enough a, weapons. They had a, an assortment of riches at the running back position. They didn't like, even know Damian Williams was opting out at that point. Yeah. I mean, they still had him at that point, yeah. And you can get other guys. Yeah. 
So, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the fantasy football uh, focus. So, we'll probably take a few weeks off from the fantasy football talk here. I would think, yeah. Um, Wait till we get a look. uh, Start talking more draft as we move forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, you uh, did a mock draft over the weekend for did, the, uh, yeah. the Draft Network, I believe. Uh, it was for Pro Football Network. For Pro yeah. Football Network. Yeah, right, I keep, right. I keep messing that one up. Yeah, it's Pro Football right. Network. Uh, so uh, I thought we'd go through that here real quickly. Sure. Uh, you had uh, Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence. Yep. No surprise yep. there. Jets taking Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU. Do you have a preference? I don't yet. I need to do more research of Fields versus Wilson. It seems like most people think Wilson will go ahead of him, so I, I was torn there. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a strong. I haven't, right. you know, I, I haven't gotten into it that. Me too. Greatly, uh, because quite frankly, I don't think. I mean, I don't think they're gonna be there at twenty-four. They're not gonna be there at twenty-four, <laughs> so I'm really right. not focusing on that position right now. Uh, you have Miami taking a Panay Sewell, the that offensive was kind tackle of curveball. out of Oregon. It, and my thoughts were. It, are, running, are, are wide receivers going to be the new running backs of, do we really need to use an early pick on these guys? There's so many second and third, and they've been the late first, too. And, and a lot of those guys, those second and third round picks, end up hitting. Devontae just, Adams yeah. and Michael Thomas and D.K. Yeah. Metcalf and on and on and on. And Miami also has another first. Uh, if you can get a franchise left tackle, I think they might take that route and just say, we'll get a, we'll find a receiver in the second or third round. Yeah. Take two of them. You can do that, yeah. Right. Uh, four, you have Atlanta taking Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a almost a no-brainer. That I think they're better than the fourth-worst team in the league. But if you can get that guy there to sit behind Ryan for a year and just stash him away in a Mahomes-like manner, do it. Yeah, Fields, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't go as high as Wilson. I think some people maybe feel Wilson's a little more... Ready he's right a little now. More NFL ready, from what I understand. But Fields is way the, the far better, more talented. There's a lot to work with. Oh man. yeah, right. And yeah. Learn, sit there for a year. He may be a superstar. I think he's from that area too. He's a Georgia guy. Uh, Cincinnati, another curveball year. We have him take the uh, Bengals taking tight end uh, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Yeah, and if you read the write up on it, my logic was, well, Sewell's there. You run to the podium, and we're not doing any trades in this. Maybe you trade yeah. down. I've seen some people say, you know, Slater from Northwestern could go that high. That seems a little rich for me for a six four. Just tackle. to take a yeah, just to take a line out. Right. He could play anywhere on your line. I think. He could, yeah. and I think he's a great prospect. But I think Pitts is a phenomenal prospect. And my logic was, this is there's free agency to happen between now and the draft, and people forget those things. Yeah. I bet the Bengals sign a guy, and Jonah Williams comes back, and then the second round you draft a lineman like. You don't have to take the fifth pick in the draft to be a lineman. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, once uh, Sewell goes, there's probably Ten guys you'll have graded higher than your next best offensive lineman. That's what I'm thinking, right? Don't because take him there. You're not taking Slater if you think he's going to be. A, if he well, he can't play tackle. Well, then you're not taking a guard at five, right? Unless you think he's the next Quentin Nelson. Exactly. I mean, he has to be a very special player. And in the real world, maybe you trade up to three and take Soul, or trade back to eight and take Pitts or Slater or somebody like that. But the way I was doing it, you couldn't. And I think Pitts is phenomenal. Yeah. 
Uh, at six, you have Philadelphia taking Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out mm-hmm. of LSU. I think he'll be the first receiver off the board. Um, I think Wentz will be gone. I think Hurts, you want to give him all the weapons you possibly can. Build the nest. Yeah. Uh, at seven, you have Detroit taking Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama. I think they stick with Goff for a year. And they really don't. I mean, none of the receivers are under contract. Like they're they need one bad. They, yeah, they need one bad. I, I mean, they I, need a lot of stuff bad. They but, do. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's another one. Almost like our Steeler conversation. If you draft the quarterback now, by the, he's not going to have much around him, right? You know, and you at least have Goff as at least a placeholder, maybe more. Wait a year. At eight, you have uh, Carolina taking Trey Lance. I think they do quarterback it. Quarterback of the they North Dakota State. You get that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've been actually rumored to be in that veteran quarterback market as well. Yeah, so, who knows? I mean, I mean, they tried to get in on the Stafford deal. That, right, right, right. Uh, so they're definitely looking. Um, at nine, you have uh, Denver taking cornerback uh, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Really talented guy. There's, there's two corners, I think, him and Sertain, that will start to be in this neighborhood. Corners don't last, especially when you're 6'2 and run a 4'3. And, you know, uh, yeah. Farley's going to go really early. At 10, you have another cornerback being taken by Dallas, uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, the cornerback out of Alabama. I think they'd be really happy with that, too. I mean, that's a, certainly an area of need. Uh, at 11, the Giants take Jalen Waddell, wide receiver out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he doesn't go ahead of Smith when it's all said and done. You know, like Ruggs went ahead of Judy, and Waddle was considered the better prospect when they both were healthy. Yeah. You know, and he is, yeah, I think the Giants could use that, too. They don't have a big play guy. At 12, you have San Francisco taking J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina. A little early, but they have a big cornerback need. They don't need a lot. Yeah. What you're seeing here is a lot of corners and wide receivers <laughs> early in this draft. Yeah. And quarterbacks, Not obviously. uncommon. Yeah. At 13, uh, Rashawn Slater goes to the Chargers, the offensive tackle. Offensive- I think he'll go early. I'm an offensive that. lineman from – Yeah. Because yeah, he could play really anywhere. They uh, could certainly use him. I do think he'll fall earlier than that. They would. I mean, that's a home run for them, but – you know, block drafts are weird. There's no trades, and you know. Yeah, um, at 14, uh, Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher out of Miami, goes to Minnesota. They need him. They need I mean, him. They need yeah. an edge. Yeah, they're they're really edge dependent. And when Hunter was out this year, it hurt them bad. At 15, you have New England taking Mac Jones. I think that Saban Belichick connection is a nice thing to fall back on in a year that you don't know as much about prospects. You know, Bill calls up Nick and says, is Mac the guy? And Nick says, yes. No, they, they, they do it. Do you think that Jones will be somebody that quarterback needy teams might want to trade up ahead of? Maybe. Like I, I'm, I th- I'm looking here at who's after New England. You got Arizona, you got Las Vegas. Yeah. I yeah. Think either one of those teams do Miami. It. No Washington. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Uh, Chicago. I also think if there's a run, I'm not sure that Mac Jones doesn't go to Carolina at eight. I mean, yeah. I didn't think Daniel Jones would go as early I as I could he see did, somebody you know? trading up to nine with Denver and, and yeah. trying to get. Denver doesn't have to go that corner. Right. They could they be could, back five you just said they, or, you know, they, they, or, or Dallas, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make that move. Hey, we need to get a, a corner here, but we can get one a little bit later if we acquire some more picks. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Kind of like you said with Carolina, New England may have a guy. You know, maybe they signed somebody by this point and they're out of the young quarterback market. But I, I'm not projecting that. I don't know. Um, Arizona, you have taking Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. They're a hard team for me. I just kind of gave them the best guy on the board in that yeah. position. I mean, they could go wide out. They could use another pass rusher. There's a lot of things they could use. Yeah, they absolutely uh uh, you have uh, the Raiders taking Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. I don't know he falls that far either. He's a pretty special guy. But yeah. Those opt-out dudes opt-outs are, are tough. Hard, right. yeah. They need them. 
Uh, Miami, you have taken Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida. Mm-hmm. I was a little torn on that one. You know, I was. You have them taking two wide receivers? No, I had Miami take uh, the Taxul first. Oh, Most that's people right. had that's them right. taking Taxul. Yeah. So uh, my thought was give him some kind of weapon. Tony's like that versatile do-it-all guy. It doesn't mean you can't take a receiver still in the third round with size. Right, too. right, you right. Know, just make two his nest better. Uh, Washington, you have taking Elijah Vera Tucker, the uh, mm-hmm. offensive lineman at USC. You think his name's going to be floated around Pittsburgh when it gets down to that time? I mean, potentially, like but in that I, neighborhood. A, a lot of people project him more as a guard than a I tackle. Know, guard tackle. Which yeah. doesn't matter to Washington. They could just use one of those guys, yeah. and who knows if Strap. But if you think there. he's more of a guard than a tackle, then, then he doesn't fit here in Pittsburgh. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chicago, you have taken Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. I think his name will be thrown around Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah. yeah. And this is the way, you know, offensive linemen aren't sexy picks. No. But they do end up usually going in the top 20 picks. If they're in, you know, if they've got any kind of pedigree. Oh yeah. They're usually, you know. It seems like a pretty good draft to, to grab a tackle, not a center, but a tackle yeah. from 18 to 25ish, right. you know, That's where that's kind of the sweet spot. Falling. Right. Uh Indianapolis at 21, you have taken Queedy Pay, the edge out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. They could use the left tackle. I don't know who their quarterback is. This is assuming be. this is assuming they don't trade that pick for a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, who's to say? I mean, I'm going to guess that they have some sort of quarterback at this point and there wasn't one to take. I'm not going to give them Kyle Trask or somebody <laughs> like that. So, uh a Justin Houston replacement heir apparent type. Yeah. Uh 22, you have uh Tennessee taking Zaven Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. They were preferred pay in my opinion, but you know, he, he the, the Tulsa kid is kind of an off-the-ball, kind of a stand-up, 3-4 outside linebacker type. Vrabel has some position versatility. They need to get better. He's a good pass rusher, but a true, true pass rusher I think would have been better. I just didn't think one was worth it either. Yeah. Um, at uh, 23, you have the Jets taking Jeremiah Owosu-Kamora. Koromoa. I think he's going to go a lot Koromoa, higher. I should say. Yeah, yeah the, the Notre Dame running hit linebacker. I bet he goes a lot earlier. Linebacker, they have so many other needs. I doubt that one comes to fruition, but I just figured if you're the Jets and you got Trevor Lawrence and you got a bunch of picks and this guy's better than everybody else on the board, take him. Yeah. Now we're up to pick 24. And it's been a pretty good run on offensive linemen mm-hmm. there. Um, the best guy still available, uh, Jalen Mayfield. Good play. I think out of uh, Michigan, uh, Alex Leatherwood's still there. Didn't have yeah. a great senior bowl. Both people have also talked guard with them a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you had the Steelers going a different direction. You've got the Steelers taking Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama. If anyone listened to the first segment, I think he's that guy. I mean, a really developing receiver, five-star recruit with tons of talent, size, physicality. I mean, I really like the player. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, you know, you, you question the running back in the first round sure. stuff. But this is not a, a great running back draft class. And I think he's clearly number one. Yeah. You know. I think there are some there are some guys there in that second right that second wave of offensive linemen um, that are going to be in rounds two and three. That it's, it's rather deep. Yeah, you know, and, and there isn't a center to take. There wasn't a tackle that was doing cartwheels for, and you know us. I mean, I've certainly already considered trading down. Yeah, uh, twenty five. You have Jacksonville taking Christian Barrymore, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. That's the first defensive tackle taken. Mm-hmm. That might not happen that way because those guys usually get pushed up the board a little they bit. They do, yeah. And he had a really good national title game. There's a lot to work with there. That was another case of just Jacksonville needs a little bit of everything. He's too good to pass up. You already grabbed Lawrence. You know, like you got something there to 
it helped both sides of the ball over. Yeah. 26, you have Cleveland taking Jalen Phillips, the uh, edge out of Miami. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Vernon will be back. I don't think he will. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if there was a linebacker really worthy of it or a safety. Uh, I think that has to be defense. Yeah, Vernon tore his Achilles in, the, in that. Uh, he's going to be ready for week one at least. No, it's, it's, I think he's a free agent. And he's 30 and he's a free agent. Yeah. yeah so. so getting a even if he's just a part-time guy for passing downs would be helpful for them. At 27, you have uh, Baltimore taking Joseph Asai. Uh, the edge rusher out of Texas. Mm-hmm. They have no edge rushers under contract. That <laughs> yeah. Was... <laughs> so, I mean, I was going to go guard or edge rusher. Yeah. And it seemed like the edge rusher was a better value, tougher position to find. At 28, uh, the Saints take Terrence Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU. Yeah. I think it'll be Winston and Hill, and quarterback will be for another day. Um, Michael Thomas is rumored to have been wanting out forever, and they need to find another option next to him. And, you know, he's from down that neck of the woods. Uh, 29, the Packers don't help their offense again. you got them no. taking Tyson Campbell, the cornerback out of Georgia. I thought about it. I almost took Bateman from Minnesota, and I even wrote in the lineup that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be happy again. And, <laughs> but, man, Kevin King was a problem at corner. Yeah. And finding a talented dude, corners just – they go quicker. You'll get a second-round receiver that is helpful. Uh, at 30, Buffalo takes Aziz Ojulari. The edge rusher out of Georgia. They don't have a real difference maker up front. Jerry Hughes is the closest thing. And he's, he's getting not, up in age. Yeah, he's yeah. getting up in age. They could use a corner as well. I mean, the two Georgia guys going back-to-back, maybe they would have taken the other one if he was still there. I think that's a defensive pick, though. Yeah, I think I think that's mm-hmm. probably what they need to do there. At uh, 31, or actually, he should be 30, 31. Yeah, I set that in before yeah. the Super Bowl. So 31 is uh, Kansas City taking Jalen Mayfield, the offensive lineman out of uh, Michigan. That seems like a slam dunk for them. They have to. Guard and then maybe eventual right tackle, yeah. but just help the O-line. Uh, you know, I think we saw enough last night to say yeah. that. Unless you go for another inside backer or something like that. Maybe. A second-level guy, yeah. But, yeah, I hear you. Uh, and then Tampa Bay, you have a taking Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. I didn't have a good fit for them. You know, a lot of it's who they bring back and who they don't. If if Shaq Barrett's playing elsewhere, Edge goes to the top of the list. If Godwin doesn't come back, maybe receivers uh, uh, and, and something there. I don't love Etienne, but he's a lot different than the backs they have, assuming Fournette comes back. He has some receiving skill to win now move. Yeah. Uh, but uh, – yeah, that's uh, that's Matt's first mock draft. We'll be doing uh, actually a lot of yeah, we'll mock draftings here. Um, we've been doing them already, but mm-hmm. uh, for those uh, who, don't, who aren't aware, uh, last year we started a series on Steelers.com uh, breaking down different positions. Uh, what we call oh, it the, yeah, the, the triple play. Too, huh? um, we do videos and we do videos. We do right? audios. We'll we'll play some of those back here, of course, on the network. Yeah. Mike Rasuda um, joins us for those, too. So, But we're also doing mock drafts this year on there, yeah, which we yeah, didn't we, do last there's year. There's going to be a lot more content draft stuff than you guys are used to, so tune in. Yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that, and maybe we should keep track of that when, for our final mock. Who's right and who's wrong? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'll take the Pepsi <laughs> challenge with you, too. But, uh, yeah, a lot of <laughs> lot of uh, draft talk. Today, really the first official day of the off season. Yeah, the season is over, and now it's you – know, a lot of teams have been in this mode, including Pittsburgh, but – time to start talking free agents. I'm sure a lot of people out there listening don't know the massive list of guys whose contracts are expired from the other teams. I mean, not that the Steelers will be huge buyers, but draft coverage is going to be huge for the Steelers this year. Yeah, going to be huge. And, uh, of course, we'll have fewer and less uh, – no combine this year. Right. Less right. information out there. We'll have to rely on the specific information coming out of the pro days, which can be a little – It's a little hairy, yeah. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, we won't have our guests from the Combine. We've had some really good shows from the Combine. We have. Hopefully, years. we're able to, to get some guests uh, on the show here. I'm going to try to start working on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're also going to be changing the format of the show a little bit here. Yeah, uh, moving starting forward. Wednesday, right? Starting Wednesday, we'll go to uh, three 27-minute segments mm-hmm. um, that can be broken down into individual uh, podcasts. So. so the drive will now be three podcasts a day yeah. instead of one long one. Right? You don't have to listen to uh, the full two hours all at one time. You can break that break down. Out. Yeah, yeah. Very, a little more digestible. Cool. Yeah, so uh, you know, we'll probably still do some mock drafts in, in that uh, stuff We'll do plenty well. of that. Yeah, lots stuff, of right. mock drafts. That's that's easy. I'm hoping we can get to a mini camp. You know, those type of things would be – I know the Combine's not there, but the next thing's up on the list. Broadcast the draft live. Either that or we need to take or... the show on the road and go to, like, Ohio State's Pro Day. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> You and I talked about going back to Pitt Johnstown, yeah. our old stomping grounds. It's not a real hotbed for football, but we could still have fun there. Not really, but yeah. <laughs> Someone would sponsor We would be us. on a college campus in the spring That'd be fine while, while teams are doing their pro days. Right. Maybe some <laughs> of our old, old watering holes would have us, have us there. Anyways, let's take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we'll be back to finish up the show right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I'm Dale uh, the Steelers uh, announcing the hirings officially of uh, three new assistant coaches. That would be a quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan, uh, off- assistant offensive line coach Chris Morgan, and uh, Matt Tomshow as quality control coach. Mm. Um, getting the question a lot, what does a quality control coach do? I can kind of help you with that. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. <laughs> I mean, it, at the college level, those are GAs, basically. Right. I mean, that's that's what I did in the recruiting world. Back in the day at Pitt, I'm sure it's different now, we had a recruiting GA, a defensive GA, and an offensive GA. We all made twelve grand a year yeah. and worked every minute of every day. Go get tapes. Go yeah. get t- <laughs> this is the NFL version where you can actually support your family and it's a good job, but it's a low guy on the totem pole. Yeah. You know, they, they do a lot of tape breakdown, a lot of stuff uh, in advance. You know, Back in the day, I know things changed dramatically, but like those guys, on even on Saturday, would wait around till like 1 in the morning until a FedEx delivery of the tapes from the upcoming opponents would show up so they could break them down and spend all night doing it. So when the coaches rolled in on Sunday after a game, they had all kinds of stuff to break down and look at, like all the little things behind the scenes to make yeah. the coach's life easier. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's it's a stepping stone job. It's really a stepping yeah. stone job. Uh, Morgan comes to the Steelers from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. He's, he'd been their offensive line coach, uh, I believe, since 2014 or 15, whatever okay. it was. Uh, so he's uh, he is well. He, he was the head offensive. I would say he's a top guy. I mean, yeah, so overqualified um, for the job. Yeah, um, so you got two. He had some good linemen there too. Yeah. Mac and Matthews. And two strong right. voices in the room now with Clemen and and, and uh, Morgan. Yeah, that's and then Sullivan um, was the uh, was the quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator with the uh, with the uh, Giants when they won Super Bowls. Uh, okay, and, and so Eli. Yeah, with Eli. Uh, of course, Morgan also has some uh, Super Bowl experience as well because he was an assistant offensive line coach uh, with Seattle when Seattle won a Super Bowl. Okay, uh, was also took you know there when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. So there's some, oh, some there's some pedigree there with these guys. Yeah, right. Uh, 
that in itself has a lot of value to me. I mean, you've been around winners that go to the final game of the year, win it in one case. You have a pretty good understanding of how things gel with those teams. Uh, that Atlanta team was that Shanahan offense that was really uh, exceptional, really. And I hope to see more of those ideas, play action, play action, play action. Um, so good. Uh, again, uh, assistant coach hirings and firings and whatnot are a hard thing for us to comment they on. They are, yeah. Especially for you this year, not being around the team as much as usual. But you got to trust them. I mean, we're kind of looking at resumes and going from there, but we'll see. Yeah, um, I was doing uh, my. I got my my live cues today. Okay, uh, live questions today. I'm gonna go through some of the questions here that I've gotten, um, and one of the questions is: uh, Last week you seemed insistent that the team will not go with a defensive player in the first round. Mm-hmm. If there is a position or player on defense, though, where you could see them pulling the trigger if something great fell to them, I think a stud inside linebacker, or cornerback dropping them at 24. Would they consider that? Consider. I mean, what's first of all, what's stud? Like if it's the dude from Notre Dame that doesn't belong, it shouldn't have lasted, or if Micah Parsons is there, yeah. or something that's I don't see a I don't see a cornerback, a quote unquote stud cornerback falling to twenty four. Not that, that does not say, happen, right? It doesn't happen first unless of all. he's you know as a DUI, you know, then two days before the there's some issue, there's, or there's some off the field yeah. or something like that. I, I can't see corner being the call no matter what. First of all, at your point, they get drafted higher than they deserve, if anything, not lower. Linebackers could be the opposite. And we t- we opened the show saying we've seen a couple mocks with linebackers in the first round, and I, I kind of understand it. I still think it's a long shot, though. They, they've gone so many years in a row with their top pick being on defense. And considering the state of their quarterback now and the following years, I think you got to build the offensive nest. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, that kind of leads me into my my next question here. Is uh, said, "Hi Dale, this is from Lewis G seventy eight. Oh, that's lovely. Hi Dale, you mentioned the Steelers will potentially have more draft capital in the twenty twenty two draft thanks to compensatory picks. Mm-hmm. I know it's a long ways off, but can you shed light on potential quarterbacks the Steelers can go after in next year's draft? I cannot. I can. I could not. <laughs> but I did look up some of the top names. Uh, okay. Uh, that There's would not be a Lawrence, from what I understand. That but. would be Jaden Davis from Arizona State. Okay. Keaton Slovis from USC. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell from North Carolina. I've actually seen him play. A little yeah, I've bit. heard good things about him. And uh, Spencer Rattler from uh, Oklahoma. Okay. I, I think Cincinnati's got a guy too, and I don't know his name off the top of my head. Um, there'll be I, guys that emerge. Yeah, there, there yeah. always is. I mean, no one knew. Nobody knew Joe Burrow, Burrow was, was two, or, you know, right. three years ago. Uh, absolutely. So, I, I don't think there's a stud, but I also don't think the Steelers are pick first overall anyway. So, if there's five or six names being thrown around in that first-round mix, cool. Two of those guys will not be first-rounders, and two more will <laughs> that we don't know. Uh, but I don't have a great feel of, is this a great yeah. quarterback class or not? I, I mean, nobody even played a full well. season this I year. That's less a, information yeah, than ever, like too. A lot, of, a lot of teams played six, eight games, something like that. It's tough You're to— You're asking true sophomores to, you know, what kind of tape— and you played three games or something like right, that. Right, yeah. It's tough. It's it tough. tough. Guys, and, again, guys will merge. Uh, another questioner asked me— I uh, think we'll know more about next year's class or this than time we do this. than we do this year's <laughs> Absolutely. class. Absolutely. Right. No doubt about that. Uh, another questioner asked me— um, if I, all things considered, um, if I'm in charge of, of re-signing Steelers, mm-hmm. knowing what the, uh, again, I'm, I'm working within the constraints of sure, the salary we're not just here. making up salaries out yeah. of the blue. Uh, who do I work to re-sign with this team? 
And my answers were Banner, Alu-Alu, and Sutton. Yeah, I think that's a really strong answer. We've talked about a little here. Um, who would be fourth, I guess, is my question to you. Oh, that's a tough, tough call on that. I mean, maybe – I mean, I would – I'm ex- not even sure. I, I, I don't know. Um, I would explore – uh, you know, can you bring Hilton back? That would be that would be great. That would be great. I don't know if that that's possible. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to afford Juju. I don't You're think not going to be able to afford Bud. Right. I mean, it, all things being equal, I'm I'm resigning Bud. That's a well, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, if I had the money and all those things, he's the most valuable to me. I mean, really, it'd be those three, and then probably wait and see if Dangerfield or Barry or Connor or someone like yeah. that still floating These guys will be my, my priorities, priorities here because I think I can get them A. I think I can get Banner and Alu-Alu reasonable, reasonable deals. I can't see them demanding a lot yeah. right now. Um, and Sutton, to me, because he plays both inside and out, mm-hmm. gives you more flexibility. Than Hilton. Than Hilton, yeah. Is he younger? Uh, they're about the same I age. He's a year younger, yeah. but that's not like a big deal, obviously. I, I also think he has less wear and tear in his body, and I just say that because Hilton's little. <laughs> he throws his body around and yeah. behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Um, I think Sutton's more valuable. I think he's an ascending player, not that Hilton isn't. The versatility's great. If Hayden slips, I can put Sutton out there, you know, those type of things. Gives me the advantage, too, of when the fifth round rolls around, I can take any type of corner. I could take the smaller slot. I could take an outside guy. Preferably a slot, but it doesn't have to be, you know. Yeah. So he's a valuable guy. Yeah. He's one I think is going to get money, though. If it's not here, he's not going to just, you know, take a cheap deal. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on what else is available in the cornerback mm-hmm. market. How how much do people like that rookie cornerback market? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if, if you're sitting there and you got, okay, we've we've got a need here, but we're picking 12th and we think we can get Farley or. Yeah, we can get guys, one of these yeah. guys, get him on a rookie deal. And we, we, well, obviously, he's you mm-hmm. know, if you think he's going in the first round, you think he's probably better than. It's one of those positions, though, that you can never have too many. Yeah. You know, you'd love to have four. Right. And it's, that's hard to get. Uh, this one comes, uh, and it kind of plays into uh, the the uh, discussion we had in terms of the, the Super Bowl stuff. It says, uh, Devin White had a breakout postseason. Obviously, uh, Devin Bush got hurt early in his second year and didn't have the same opportunity. What are the chances he elevates his games to White's level once healthy? Well, I mean, I think that that is not a position that comes in and recognizes plays and deals with play action and things like that immediately, and it takes a little more time than you think because it's a really reactionary position. I also don't think he's quite as gifted as White. I mean, I know they both ran similar 40s, but he's, got but he's more, very gifted. He's got more size. He's you know, Yeah, and he's got a lot of experience already as well. I think his recognition stuff was really showing up before his injury. I thought he already took a step forward. Breakout might have been a little strong, but... Yeah, uh, he still makes mistakes. Still makes mistakes, yeah. yeah. I, I, all right, let's phrase it differently. What percent chance is he a pro bowler next year? Which one? Bush. Bush? I, you know, 40? Yeah, I think he was. I don't, I don't think that's far fetched. No, because when you look at what he was doing, uh, first of all, the four and a half games uh, that they had, the first five games of the season, they had Devin Bush. He played four and a half of those games. Mm-hmm. They were allowing 66 yards rushing per game. Yeah. And shutting down receiving backs and right. doing all that stuff. Yep. After that, they allowed about 119 yards rushing per game. I don't think it's an accident. That's not an accident. It's not the yeah. only thing that went wrong between right. then and then. But, but late, you know, yeah, right. but he's kind of a, a, a bit of an eraser for you. And that yeah. you know, he had in his first uh, his first year as a rookie, he had 
uh, I believe, four four pass breakups. Okay. We already had three in the first four and a half they, games. I yeah. mean, he was already you, – you saw some of that coming along. I know everybody said, whoa, he gave up a touchdown to Noah Fant. In the, that, first of all, that wasn't his guy. Okay. Let's understand that. Uh, right. was, you know, he 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 had a do he had a job to do. He had the middle zone. Fant caught the ball over on the left sideline. Just because he crossed in front of Bush's face does not mean that was Bush's guy. Mm-hmm. That was uh, somebody else blowing that coverage. And still, people are going to allow touchdowns. There's a lot of touchdowns scored in the yeah. league this year. I mean, you're at a disadvantage. Um, I do think I've gotten a lot of that though. Boy, I wish our guy was as good as Devin White. Well, a lot of it's because it's one was the fifth overall guy. Right. The other one was the tenth. So the yeah. And you watched every playoff game, every snap, because there wasn't sixteen games on on Sunday. And Bush was on that path too, and it just got robbed. I I don't think it's by no means should that be a discredit to Bush that White's playing well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And and I get it, just because they were both drafted in this Mm -hmm. in this you know the first round. They have the same first name, right? You know, even uh, they'll always be late. When you looked at it in the lead up to that draft, I mean, Devin White ran a four uh, four four two, and Devin Bush ran a four four, a four, four three. Mm-hmm. I mean, they the verticals it, are the same, and everything right, was the right, same right, athletically right. there. Yeah. And, and some people liked one more than the other, and that's fine. Sure, um, that's going to happen. But you know, I, I think that, you know, in terms of the overall career path, I, there's a lot to like with both of those guys. Absolutely, they the, both could go down linked for a long time. And yeah, be very, this very could good. be we could be having this conversation ten years from now, and it's the the, the Palomalu Ed Reed you sure, know conversation. Sure. Same draft, I mean, yeah. same, like I said, same first name. And contrary to popular belief, and we didn't see this yesterday, Devin White still makes a lot of mistakes too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he also happens to play with Levante David. Yes, absolutely. If you put Devin Bush next to Levante David, Devin Bush very would helpful. would look very very good. Very as opposed to Robert Spillane. Yeah. Or, right, right, right. <laughs> yes, he would. That takes us back to again. I, I think you know the things that we learned in that Super Bowl. So we talked about it earlier in the show that I, you know I I don't know that you can be athletic enough in the middle of the field. Yeah. In, in today's NFL, second level speed is huge, and defensive coordinators need it now. It used to be, used to be something you coveted and you wanted it, and now it's like I need it. Yeah, I, you, you, need I can't it. get by without it. Mm-mm. And that yeah. doesn't mean there's a con. I mean, there's also people think just because you're an athlete, you're really good in coverage. You're not, you know, yeah. but you can make up for mistakes. And even like Devin White, I mean, he gets exposed in coverage a fair amount now and will bite on some things. But you also make up for it. Like Shazier is a perfect example. Right. Like you make up for some errors because you get there faster than everybody else. Early you know? in your it's That's how you get by early in your career. Mm-hmm. And then as you get into years four or five, some in that yeah. range, now all of a sudden you have a better understanding of what's going on around you out there. Yeah. I mean, think about that. If the Steelers, like quarterback that can run. If the Steelers had Shazier and Bush. Oh wow! Now yeah. maybe I don't know if they take them. Maybe well, they, don't, they wouldn't trade up. For maybe them, don't right. trade up to get Bush at that point. But maybe they do. You know what? Mm-hmm. What if you know that that opportunity presents itself and you have two of those guys now? No, yeah. I mean, I mean it's that's... it's certainly a nice situation, yeah. without question. And, and yes, kind of how you opened the show was watch David and White, just two of them flying around the ball, getting a lot of hats to the ball, and you're going to cause fumbles. You're going to, you know, there's a lot of good things are going to happen. And I think we'll see more of that from the Steelers next year. I think it might be something that catches on around the league. I mean, there just aren't, Yeah, I can't think of another team that has that. I can't think of it as two like that. You know, like Roquan Smith's coming on. Leonard's been really good. There was a stretch. Maybe of, Dallas to a certain say, degree. Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. But, but they can't stay on the field together. They can't stay on the field. And, and <laughs> I would take Bush over both those guys. Yeah, I know most people wouldn't, but I don't have a lot of trust in those two. But no, there's 
there's a lot of teams that are slow there, and that's why all these receivers and tight ends are you know racking up a lot of you know, fantasy points and production. And you know, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting, and uh, you know, you see different teams or teams addressing that differently in terms of, well, I can go get. Uh, you know, a big safety and put him in that spot, and mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and that's fine, uh, but it does make you susceptible to the run. That's, that's why those sure. guys are so valuable because they are. they're, you know, they're two hundred thirty-five, two hundred forty-pound guys that can run. Yeah, they can run and are smart and don't have to ever come off the field and aren't situational. Those are the guys or, that you know. that you know, ten years ago used to be running backs. <laughs> Yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right, I mean, they they were, right. but you, you know, you look at the the running backs now coming into the league, and they're all two hundred and five pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, now right, those right, right. those two hundred and thirty pound guys are, are they're just playing linebacker. They're playing linebacker now, <laughs> and running the same way and as athletic and changing direction and playing with leverage. You have a longer career, you know? right? 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 Yeah, that's a good point. You don't get quite as beat up. Um, I forget where I was going to go with that, but they're. There are a good young group in the league. Roquan Smith's another one. I mean, there's some there's some guys. That Fred are Warner, interesting. You know. yeah. Fred, Fred Warner. Warner was a third round pick. You right. can get those guys. Yep, and take a little bit more development. I mean, Leonard was a, a, a two. A two, yeah. Right? You don't have to be in the top ten, but sometimes you got to trade up to get them too. Like, yeah, I'm not be smudging. This depends you know. on the draft. And in that yeah. particular year, the Steelers had a need. They could, they ran John Bostic out there the, fr- the mm-hmm. previous year, and that did not work. I mean, they had a, a gaping hole. Yeah. that they had to fill. Right. So. And, and it's filling nicely, I think. I mean, I'm, I have high hopes for Bush next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see him get back on the football field. And, again, uh, ACL injuries aren't what they used to be. True, In terms true. of, a, you yeah. know, hey, it takes two years to come back from them. Not so much anymore. It's on Achilles. Or, right. yeah. And it was pretty early in the year. Yeah. So, uh, But that's going to do it for our show today. So uh, for right. my partner, Matt Williamson, uh, for Jacob here on site, uh, we can also remind you that you can uh, subscribe to our podcast here wherever you download your podcast or listen to your podcast at. Absolutely. Please do that. Uh, you can also hear some, uh, you know, Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes. And, of course, there's plenty of other good programming here on Steelers Nation Radio, different interviews, different things of that nature. You'll also hear our our uh, triple takes with uh, Mike Pursuta on the network as well. So yeah, lots of, they were fun last year. Yeah, lots of good stuff there, lots of good back and forth. Uh, but uh, that is going to do it for this show today. Uh, so I am Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.